Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. There are, however, certain points I want you to know. First, I personally approve the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter. Second, the department does not take such a decision lightly. Where possible, it is standard practice to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a search and to narrowly scope any search that is undertaken. Third, let me address recent unfounded attacks on the professionalism of the FBI and Justice Department agents and prosecutors. That never happened. No one, absolutely no one is addressing the improperness or the lack of professionalism from field agents. All right, there could be somebody out there. It's your lack of professionalism, Attorney General Garland. It's a lack of professionalism from the FBI Director Christopher Wray. It is from the top going back to James Comey and Andrew McCabe and Lisa Page and Peter Strzok. That is the lack of professionalism, the lack of caring of the institutions, the abuse of power, the joy of power that people are discussing. You personally signed off on the warrant for Donald Trump's home? Well, that goes against all the reporting that came out yesterday that you didn't know it had happened. What did we say here? First, you find out what went on. Second, when are you going to fire everybody? Because if it was a raid that you didn't have your okay on a former president of the United States, firings would be the only thing that make any sense. But now we're left with a whole new series of questions. Starting with this press conference and the leaks that took place afterward. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Guys, an absolute pleasure to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY is the number. 833-468-8669. William Jacobson joins us right now. Cornell Law Professor and the mind behind LegalInsurrection.com. I can't ask you about what's in a warrant we haven't seen. And we're all on warrant watch. We're going uh, to hopefully uh, see this today. But first, uh, before we get into the difference between warrant and affidavit, because there are two things at play here, the affidavit that brings the warrant, as a man who who works in the legal profession, teaches the legal profession, runs LegalInsurrection.com, what was your take on the Merrick Garland press conference yesterday? Well, I, I think in fairness to him, there's really not a lot he can say publicly about it. Um, if this is a potential criminal prosecution, because that could taint the case. But if it's not a criminal prosecution, then he could have, I think, said a lot more. And so we don't really know. Uh, I would not have expected him to say a lot, but, uh, you know, he really said nothing. So I'm not even sure why he held. It wasn't a press conference. He just made a statement. He could have and that's. I think that's the thing that's getting to people and is questionable, sir. And, and this is the part that hit me. Uh, I, I think Andrew McCarthy had a, had a very solid write-up ab- about this uh, today. The, this, this group, this, the, the DOJ, doesn't work from a position of defense. They work from a position of offense. Yet the press conference came off to many on both sides of the aisle as something that was hastily put together. Was that your take or was your take that this was just Merrick Garland as Merrick Garland is? No, I, I think it was quickly put together because of the enormous blowback from it. I, they naively, stupidly um, may not have expected it, 
but it was there. I mean, so the, the, the blowback was so enormous, he had to get out there and say something. Members of Congress demanding it. You know, even uh, Andrew Cuomo, the former governor Democrat, said, we need an explanation here. So I think even Democrats were worried that if something wasn't coming out from the FBI and the DOJ soon, that this would create a political problem for them. So I, I, it did not seem polished. It just seemed like something they threw together and got caught uh, off guard, which is surprising because what did they think would happen? Okay, if you send, you know, it's not like they sent somebody over there who knocked on the door and said, okay, please take me to this cabinet. Please give me this document. Here's my search warrant. I mean, they raided the whole place. Okay, they sent 30 plus FBI agents uh, in scoured wide areas of Mar-a-Lago, reportedly even Melania's closet. So what did they think was going to happen? And uh, and there were alternatives. And that's the thing that nobody's really talking about. They said, oh, well, they did serve a subpoena. Well, the subpoena was being negotiated. That's very common. But if you thought the subject of a subpoena didn't comply, you move in court to hold that person in contempt or you move in court to enforce the subpoena. That's a little different than raiding the place. And it was a raid. No matter what you call it, it was a raid. And so I think, you know, something there's some disconnect here uh, and which leads, you know, everybody to say it can't be. They're just trying to get back documents they've known he's had for over a year or almost two years, a year and a half. It's got to be something more here that's going on. The question is, what is it? So now let's get into what might happen today. And we're going to just bounce a little bit back and forth talking to William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor, the mind behind LegalInsurrection.com. And the warrant, that is the discussion that where you had Merrick Garland saying, uh, we've asked the judge to unseal. You have President Trump saying, unseal uh, the warrants. I think he's saying unseal everything. But there's a difference between a warrant and an affidavit. So can you give us how that process works and why we might see one and not the other? Or is it possible to see both? Well, I think in a normal case, you probably would see both. Uh, We've seen you know, criminal and criminal charges being brought and there's a supporting affidavit accompanying it Uh, here. You have to make a showing to a judge that a warrant is justified, that you meet whatever the threshold is. And the way you would typically do that is by providing affidavits, presumably from FBI agents that, you know, on such and such date, we received information from a confidential informant. They may or may not identify the person in the affidavit, but that would never be publicly disclosed. Uh, and this material, you know, violates X, Y, Z law for him to possess it. We have a reasonable fear that it may be, you know, removed from the premises. Here's where it's located. Uh, we want a warrant to be able to go in and get it. And that supporting affidavit would then be what the judge would rely on when the judge uh, issued the warrant for the search warrant. We saw this in in a different context, but in the FISA cases, eventually the supporting affidavits came out for Carter Page and they were at best misleading and uh, that created a lot of blowback. So when Garland files a motion that says to release the warrant, we don't really know what he's talking about. Is he talking about just the piece of paper that they would come and say, here's our authorization to enter the premises? Or is when he says the warrant, does he mean the full package 
that the judge would have been given subject to redaction to maintain, you know, secrets or whatever. Uh, and similarly, when Trump put on Truth Social, released the warrant and all the evidence, what does that mean? Does that because Garland said we'll release we want to release the warrant and the inventory of what was seized uh, subject to redaction. And Trump says, yeah, I want the warrant and the evidence. So it's unclear if either side is actually asking for the supporting affidavits to be uh, revealed. So, so now let's get we'll into see. let's get into where the American people are on this based on the leaks, because right after the, the press conference, all of a sudden we see the Washington Post saying that part of this raid, which, yes, I agree with you, it was a raid. There are people engaged in a serious amount of word manipulation here, executing a search warrant raid. We see it as the same exact thing that there were supposedly, allegedly, documents in Trump's possession that engaged some type of nuclear conversation. Was it about nuclear st uh, stockpiles? Was it about codes? Was it about the United States nuclear arsenal? Was it about another nation's nuclear arsenal? This would be a big thing. This is a a, a, a wow thing uh, to, to hear. So we can get to the leak part two, but here's part one. Let's say that is what uh, they, they were looking for. Would that be listed on the warrant? Would that be listed in the affidavit? And therefore, who gave them that information? Uh, with the, as as uh, Trump supporters are referring to as the mole with, within uh, Mar-a-Lago? Or would that be something that's redacted so therefore the commentary and the article from the Washington Post can never be proven? Well, uh, two, two sides of that. It may be in the affidavit that was filed, which was fi would have been filed under seal, but when there is a court order to release it, it will be subject to the government redacting information. And in the judge's order asking the government to respond um, to the media request for it to be revealed, the judge uh, told the government, you have till Monday to respond. That may be pushed up. You have till Monday to respond and you can file um, your responses and you can file uh, you know, anything with me, the judge, ex parte, so nobody else's lawyers get to see it, and under seal. So we don't know. There is no way they are going to release or a judge is going to make them release a uh, affidavit listing, you know, who the source is or listing other, you know, confidential information. That, that's just not going to happen. Uh, so uh, we don't really know, uh, you know, what will end up we, we will end up seeing here. It might be that we end up seeing something so heavily redacted that it doesn't really provide us with a lot of information. And that is going to create its own problems. Talking to uh, William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor, LegalInsurrection.com, the leak what I'm calling a, a leak, I think others are as well, that the Washington Post could have this story. Uh, they got that information. They either made it up or they got that information from somewhere. And I would say for anything I want to say about uh, the Washington Post, they got that information from somewhere. DOJ leaks uh, to try and soften the ground or move a, a, a narrative through to make it easier to understand why they did this. How is well, this course, being responded to in the legal community? We've seen this for six years. We've saw this throughout the Russia collusion. There was um, a 
source close to the investigation or a source who has been briefed on the investigation, okay, uh, and they won't identify the person and the information is very vague. So we don't even know what this Washington uh, Post report means, that they were looking for classified documents relating to nuclear weapons. What does that mean? Uh, we don't even know what that means. It's so broad and so vague. Um, I saw somebody, I forget where it was, it was Twitter or someplace. That, well, so if he had handwritten notes, Trump, of his meeting with Kim Il-jung um, to, about North Korea's nuclear weapons, does that, is that what they're looking for? I mean, that's relating to nuclear weapons. Uh, you know, so we don't, there's zero information. In fact, in the article, they say, but of course, you've got to read four paragraphs down, which nobody does. No additional information was um, provided by their source about what they were seeking or nor whether they actually found this material. Uh, but that's not the headline. And that's, you know, we've seen this. You you get a bombshell leak. We saw it every three to four days for six years with Trump, particularly when he was president. Uh, some bombshell on CNN, someplace else based on anonymous sources. And you always had to wait 24 to 48 hours because almost always they were revealed to be either fabricated or just highly misleading. But that they don't care because now you have the narrative. Now you have to sway public opinion. And there will be tens of millions of people in this country who will always think Trump stole nuclear secrets because of this. And then when it's debunked or it's shown to be overblown or misleading, Nobody will remember that. This happens all the time. Remember the 50 former intelligence community senior officials who signed the statement saying that Hunter Biden's laptop has all the appearances of being Russian disinformation. Maybe one of those 50 people who misled the public will is the source for the Washington Post. We don't know because that person is not identified. We can't assess the credibility of it. This is what they do Every single time, these anonymous, intellig supposedly intelligence community or one step removed, a person familiar with the investigation. And this goes uh, to the credibility issue. This is the credibility issue that the FBI and the DOJ has. You heard Merrick Garland. I played it at the top. Uh, the, these attacks on the, 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 the questioning the credibility and the, and the integrity of FBI and DOJ agents are un un unacceptable. It, it, it seems that yeah, well, a lot of this they is have, they have a bad history. I mean, remember, the former, the then director of the FBI, James Comey, admitted he tried to set up the new president, Donald Trump, with an Oval Office meeting to talk about the Steele dossier. And the reason he did it was to create a pretext for CNN to run a story about the Steele dossier. CNN wouldn't run it without verification, which, of course, you couldn't verify. So the story became not the Steele dossier. It's that James Comey briefed the president on the Steele dossier. Now the briefing becomes the story and the excuse for CNN to run with the story. And that was a complete setup. So the former head of the FBI, for political reasons, tried to set up Donald Trump when he was president. And we're supposed to believe that the FBI is not tainted in this. Now, it might be that everything we're reading turns out to be true. We don't know. But you, they do not have the presumption of accuracy and honesty on, anymore because of their own conduct 
as it relates to Donald Trump. In 30 seconds or less, sir, it's supposed to be by 3 p.m., uh, this decision to unseal the, the warrant. Do you think it's going to come? Do you think that we will see the warrant today? I think we will. I think uh, the 3 p.m. deadline was the deadline for the government to tell the court after conferring with Trump's lawyers whether Trump plans to object. He's already announced he doesn't object. So I would imagine that they will file something with the court before 3 p.m. Whether the judge will rule right away, I don't know. And the reason I think it might not be immediate I think it's possible, but it might not. There may be an issue as to what the redaction is, how much is going to be redacted, and the court would need to review that and approve it. Uh, And because you know the FBI and the Department of Justice will want to redact as much as possible from these documents uh, if they they can. So it should be today, but I don't think the 3 p.m. deadline was the deadline by which it would be released or not. William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor, LegalInsurrection.com. I appreciate you being with us. We've got more. I'm Tony Katz. Just before we took to air, Salman Rushdie, the author, Satanic Verses, which, of course, led to death threats against him, a fatwa against him. He was stabbed just before giving a speech in western New York reporting that came out just a little while ago he was getting ready for the speech he had been introduced he was stabbed uh, according to the reports in the 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 neck um, uh, as is being um, put forward uh, by uh, the New York State Police his condition is not yet known the interviewer suffered a minor head injury that was the person I, I believe he was going to uh, uh, speak to a state trooper assigned to the event immediately took the suspect into custody. Now, uh, Salman Rushdie has had um, death threats against him possibly longer than you've been alive. He has lived under this threat like people like Ayan Hirsi Ali live under this threat and, and others. There's a reason they have security. If we're going to say you can't attack the comic on stage, and I agree, you can't attack the comic on stage. Can't attack the comic. For things they say, we can't be having this. Religious fervor, whatever the case may be, we we still need a lot more to learn what took place here. Certainly wishing the best for Salman Rushdie. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. Justice Department has filed a motion in the Southern District of Florida to unseal a search warrant and property receipt relating to a court-approved search that the FBI conducted earlier this week. That search was of premises located in Florida belonging to the former president. We already knew that part, Merrick Garland. I don't <laughs> I, I I don't think you were I don't think you're giving us any new information 
Right there, Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. Man, you see, this is what happens when I come to studio, guys. Yeah. I come to studio, the microphone is all super weird and janky. I don't know what you, I don't know what Casey does over here. Casey <laughs> that's Daniels. Not my, that's not my microphone. Oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> this is Rob Kendall's microphone? Rob. Yeah. Uh, I'm never coming back to the studio again. In I need to chair. wash. I need to wash. Casey Daniels joins us from the Kendall and Casey show, which should be the Casey Daniels show, and sometimes oh, Rob. Oh, no. And Nigel from the <laughs> Hammer and Nigel show. Um, so here we are on, on Warrant Watch. And I. <laughs> Warrant Watch. I mean, hashtag Warrant Watch. I, I, this is what we're waiting for. Are they going to release it? What are they going to release? Uh, the, the question before us, right? We're all, we're all in this business. We take a look at these things. We know that there are things that, that staunch Trump supporters are going to say. We know that there's the things that the never Trumpers, the Jen Rubens of the world, are, are, Bill Crystals of the world are going to say. We know how the media is going to react. And, and we are left in this place where we have an audience, depending on us, for an honest uh, dissection of the facts. We have our own personal feeling about what it is uh, that, that we're seeing and sometimes we find ourselves, you know, on the island, just in this place of, of nuance uh, that, that doesn't fall directly in any camp. And sometimes we find, we find ourselves falling into the camp. I have been saying from day one, the raid is the story. Yes. The raid's criminally insane from a political standpoint and from the idea that you're, you're raiding a former president's house when he's already working with you. Have you gone? I'll start with you, Nigel, because why ladies first? I think that's bigoted. Oh, please. Um, do, do you, do you, do you, is, do you get pushback on that? I mean, I, I don't know if I'm alone in that thesis. Are, are you getting, oh, it's not a raid, like Michael Steele, the former no, uh, head of the Republican I, Party. Whatever. It wasn't a raid. It, it was, was a, a raid. It's a definition of a raid. They said it's a raid. And my question is, will anybody trust whatever evidence the DOJ and the FBA, FBA fine, FBI, fine, FBI, FBI find after we find out what's in this warrant are, are we going to trust anything after i mean there's a record i mean going back to the steel dossier for once i mean that's that's all you have to do you, i will not trust I, I can't trust anything coming from some of these uh these organizations the doj the fbi i mean you mentioned the great lovers, Lisa Page, Peter Strzok, having the insurance policy. Are they still together? Can we get, <laughs> can we get TMZ on that? I, 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 I just think I go back to when Michael Flynn, when they were uh, the, the information came out about the uh, Michael Flynn getting arrested and the FBI officials that were working on it, and their notes said, um, and I'm paraphrasing here, the notes said, uh, are we prosecuting this guy or are we just trying to get this guy fired? So it's all political. It's all political. I don't know if we're going to be able to trust whatever they find. If the warrant details what was to be seized, as as the Fourth Amendment discusses, and they allow that information out, it's not redacted because of any national security concern, we'll, we'll be able to trust that because the warrant says it, so we'll be able to see at least that's what they were going for. If that's redacted, Casey, that, that's a whole different conversation because now people are going to say, well, what were they actually looking for? But let's let's start with, with, with the basics. Uh it's it's wrong to call this a, a, a raid. You're just being a partisan if you do. Well, that's just the left's talking points. Don't call it a raid. I mean, that's what thirty FBI agents show up to your house with a warrant Saturday night at Hammers. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> <That's> a- <laughs> uh, under the cover of darkness. What else are you going to call it? That's what it was, and that's what it is. Now, Newsweek just came out with this article, and they said that the Trump raid documents could reveal intel sources that are on the u.s payroll and now they may not be releasing it because then 
it would oh, give up boy. the ghost of so, who's working doubly. But Double I don't agents. get bothered by the idea that there are things that shouldn't be known. Like, I, it doesn't bother me that information gets read in a skip, right. that special compartmentalized information uh, uh, facility, right? There are things that the American people shouldn't know. We vote for people, they run that ship, we live our own lives, and then we replace them a- a- as, as need be. But this idea of trust, Casey, mm-hmm. this idea of trust, I think uh, that Nigel's bringing up, is is very, very right. What what could you see? What would you need to see in order to say, you know what? The FBI was right. Yeah, that's worthy of going in. I, it would have to be something on a pretty major scale. Well, what if they'd known, like, like there's rumors about uh, uh, nuclear codes or something like that. The Washington Post, I think, is reporting something like that, Tony. Like, and my thing is, okay, so Trump has been storing nuclear codes in Mar-a-Lago for a year and a half. The FBI's known about it all this time. Well, and if and they have... Using, <laughs> they're using um, the National Archives as a pretext to go in there. If Would they, they have known about it, why are they yeah. waiting for 18 months? This one, this is exactly this is, of course, the conversation. Now, that that whole conversation, Nigel, that's Nigel from Hammer Hello. and Nigel, 3 to 7 uh, p.m. Uh, that's Casey Daniels from the uh, Casey Daniels show with Sometimes Rob <laughs> yeah. from, from 9 to noon. That pretext of the Presidential Records Act is part of the insanity here. So the the act is pretty clear that the National Archives keeps certain records. They're entitled uh, to to the records and they get delivered or, or, or taken by the National Archives and, and that's the way that goes, that's the end of it. When a president takes something, as has happened before, they ask for it back, they could subpoena it back. No one's been raided and to that point, as was reported, um, this goes back to the New York Post yeah, um, uh, a, a while back. No, no, this was just recently in terms of the report. It's possible that Obama took like 30 million documents. Mm-hmm. 30 million. I saw that, yeah. Documents. Now, now I'm, stuff in there? I don't know what's in there and what's not in there. I'll wait for a little more information uh, about what he may have had. I don't recall it being a discussion. The point is raids aren't it. And if it was indeed nuclear... 18 months mm-hmm. is a long time a long time for somebody's at Mar-a-Lago to be like, hmm, I wonder what's in this room. Well, and it's not like it was just sitting on his nightstand or something. You're talking about it being under lock and key and guarded by the Secret Service. And that's where that's a good point. And that's where the Trump people were working with the FBI in June with the original subpoena to, hey, look, the stuff needs to be locked away further. You need mm-hmm. to make further, you need to take further action and put it in a safe. And what did they do? They cracked open the safe to which they told Trump to put it in. The safe <laughs> was was, uh, was empty. Yeah. It was the room that they added a lock to yes. at the FBI's request, and it's that lock along yeah. with the other one <laughs> yeah. that they then that they then destroyed. Um, it's impossible to go through this without going through the political ramifications therein. My take was simple. This is the moment of the right saying, oh, yeah, we really do have to win this election. 
I mean, the 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 whole. I'm not. You know, I'm not a Trump idolater. Never have been. I want the attitude. I don't necessarily need the guy. No, I don't want one person because then you're always like rating somebody against them. It was like the the love of Reagan after he died. How the hell yeah. do you compete with the ghost of Reagan? It's an impossibility. You gotta you gotta deal with the guy that you have and what is it that they can provide. So if you tell me a DeSantis or a Pompeo, I I'm open to that conversation. You tell me Jeb, I'm less open to that conversation. <laughs> Low um, energy Jeb. Uh, with the exclamation point, you got it. Jeb, <laughs> how has this affected the political right, Nigel? How has this oh, affected the political left? Please, I mean, four hours after Trump's place got raided, he put out that campaign-style video. Mm-hmm. It's almost like he knew about it and had that ready. <laughs> Did you watch that thing? It was all doom and gloom at the very beginning. Oh, yeah, yeah. minutes, And then it, it was all, it turned into rah, rah, rah. We're going to change this country. I think it's galvanized the right. I think this is uh, the, the cherry on the cake. And this has been a, a culmination of things to come ever since he went down that escalator with Melania in 2015. Mm-hmm. And I think DeSantis, quite frankly, is, is is out of the picture now, especially if this turns out to be a oh, you, nothing burger. Let, let, let's uh, mark down the day and time that uh, Nigel was wrong. Let's Martin. He's absolutely not out of the picture. I think we've got a long road uh, ahead of us. I love talking about it. But did this put Trump more back in the picture? Mm -hmm. Like, even for people who are like, man, just just don't give me the baggage. Just, Just give me the attitude. Don't give me the baggage. Oh, I do think a lot of people said, you know what? I was I was done. I'm back in the game. And that's where I I that's the attitude that I had. Kind of, you know. I'm done with this feud between Biden and Trump. Let's move on. Someone like DeSantis can move in. uh, Fresh start. But when they did this, it made me angry. And then I thought, well, you know what? Maybe I do want Trump back because he's clearly exposing all of the weaponization of the DOJ. So while I'm a DeSantis fan... I, I think it's the it's the witch hunt conversation yeah. that that these people are so radically political they will do anything. I think that this made witch hunt seem very very real. But if we want to get into the real uh, politicization of the DOJ, they did it to them damn selves. <laughs> and I can't believe yeah. de- there's no way the Democratic Party we're all political observers here. There's zero zero way the Democratic Party Nigel looked at this and said good move. Mm-hmm. Good move. Somewhere somebody picked up the phone, called somebody who heads up, I forget who even heads up the DNC right now. I forget his name. I can picture his face and said, what the hell is this? Are you all out of your blanking minds? Unless, unless for the average low info voter, they look at something like this and they just see their nightly news, the half hour with uh, uh, on NBC and they say, uh, yeah, boy, let's see what this raid, and now they've got these documents, and now we've got the January 6th hearings, and I, mean, I just don't want to go through all that again. So maybe they're trying to pull some independence away here. Maybe that's the strategy. Maybe they're trying to pull some independence. Maybe somebody was on the fence for voting for Trump, and then they see all this stuff, and they're like, oh, it's no, just too much. Too Enough much. baggage. A show of hands. It's radio. I know. Stupid way to do things. Uh, show of hands. You think the raid was awesome calculation to get Trump back into the picture so he's the nominee because he's easier to beat than Ron DeSantis? Raise your hands. That is no hands raised. Wait, is it? Maybe you need some time to Wait, think well, about I mean, the question. I, I need some time to think. The about raid. T- this is one of the. Uh, I think of it's the- just all adding up. Oh, oh, this is one of the, uh, uh, I won't say uh, rumors out there, um, but it's its its one of the uh, 
thoughts that's possibly in existence of why this raid happened. Uh, put it under conspiracy theory. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, put it under Tony. conspiracy theory. Here, here's what it is. That you had the raid happen to make people sympathetic to Trump so he jumps back in, so he's the nominee because he's easier to beat than Ron DeSantis. Mm. I'm just saying, I, I think there's a lot of coincidences here. Is, is it any coincidence that, that, that there was announced that Trump was going to be hauled in front of the, the New York uh, attorney generals and, and ask questions in a civil trial about a family business practices and then two, what, a week later, his place is raided? What, the, what was that article about the New York Times and Axios about these documents that were in his toilet? That got flushed down the toilet. Does it happen? This is all kind of coincidence. We have the January 6th hearings, which are kind of petering out. Andrew McCarthy writing about the fact that just a couple of weeks ago, you had people who were worked on Trump's legal team about the election. Jeff Clark, for example, who his home was raided. He was told he couldn't put on pants. He yeah. had to stand outside <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and wait. All conspiracy theory? Is it? Is that it? Or or is, or is the, the Democratic Party, that's the secret minds right there. <laughs> You're are giving them too enough? much credit, uh, I think. I'm asking you, Casey. <laughs> are, you, are, are, are you a buyer into that one? Uh, I don't. Oh, boy. Uh, by the way, the FBI whistleblowers question. going to Grassley last week. Another coincidence. FBI whistleblowers going to Grassley. Uh, Senator Grassley is saying, hey, I I've got uh, proof that the FBI is conducting investigations on a political basis here. And well, Chris, Chris Ray yeah. even commented on that, that that was a very disturbing, and we're going to look into that. We already have proof. I, yeah. for, the, for the record, yeah. do not believe in the Machiavellian uh, thought process. I don't believe it was done to try and get Trump uh, into a race or, or anything like that. I think that the, the idea that this is actually connected to January 6th and looking for some kind of criminal connection to be able to bring charges yeah. pressure that's been put on uh, garland the attorney general i think there is a really interesting study there uh politically this raid is a disaster for the left if he has some type of classified information that involves nuclear x y or z i'm bothered by that mm -hmm. of course i'm bothered by that i'm equally as bothered that it's been 18 months and this is how incompetent yes. uh, our, our federal government is. Yeah. I mean, why wait so long? If they really have something that is truly that damaging, why is it taking them so long? Well, silly question. What have they done for Hunter Biden? You know, I mean, what have they done about the Steele dossier? What have they done to stop Larry Nassar? They, they didn't. They didn't. What did they do about that's the? Good, that's a you really know? good point about Nassar. There was a bungling there that was just unbelievable. Forget about but that. The, I mean, right. I mean, you know, the FBI did a. Like you. Like you mentioned, the ones that are having the affair texting each other saying, let's get Trump. What do they do about them? You know? That's Casey Daniels from the Casey Daniels show starring Casey Daniels. <laughs> You're going to get me in trouble, Tony. <laughs> and a very gassy Rob Kendall. And Hammer and Nigel. Yeah. Uh, Nigel right there, 3 to 7 p.m. Tune in, guys. I appreciate you. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Dow up 268. We got the NASDAQ up 166. And Bitcoin, Bitcoin's trying to be the little engine that could again. Playing around 24,000. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, full disclosure, I don't own enough Bitcoin to count. It'd be nice if I did. Yet here I am, working for the man. That's a good gig. I'd probably be doing it anyway. Um, 
curious to see uh, where where the market goes. I should actually say that Bitcoin is over uh, twenty four thousand uh, right now. Ethereum is back up to to nineteen hundred. Um, it's been it's been some movement, and it could all crash again. For all I know, not the end of the world. The Nasdaq is now back in bull territory, as it's being described, and hopefully, uh, hopefully it stays. I'm not interested in seeing markets collapse or seeing high inflation or high gas prices. I'm glad gas prices are going down. It's just important to recognize why, which is the supply and demand conversation. Gas prices are the only reason that inflation was flat month over month. It's just despicable that the White House and then uh, their lackeys like Stephen Colbert are saying inflation was zero. Inflation was not zero. Massive word manipulation. But the, the president of the Richmond Federal Reserve, Thomas Barkin, saying that you were absolutely going to need more interest rate increases. How else can we tamp down inflation? He wants to see inflation at 2%. Well, so does the Bank of England. They figure it's going to happen in three years. If you missed my conversation with Dr. Matt Will about those inflation numbers, I got it for you. It's important to know how to break these things down. What numbers are they not sharing that you need to know to understand what it is that's happening and how to react? Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today.